Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to Red Men Radio, episode number 91, available both in podcast form, of course, and on YouTube. Mm. I'm joined today by Black Tea Tom himself, Mr. Tom Dutton. What are you wearing? It's a black tea and a black hoodie yeah, with cold, no logos. Yeah. No logos whatsoever on, well, maybe on my shoes, Adidas. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, but full black Adidas. Oh, yeah. What are the soles? Uh, black. Black. Nice. Nice. <laughs> True to form. Um, <laughs> so we're going to talk about loads and loads of stuff. We've got a great kickoff question coming from LFC underscore Ella. We'll go through the news in brief. Then we're going to talk a little bit about Palace. We're going to talk about Liverpool um, supposedly making a hundred million pound in profit. We're going to look ahead to Leicester and then take your questions. Following on from this podcast, we will be doing a, a proper Q and A over on the RedmenTV.com. But we're going to get into it with that question from LFC underscore Ella. If you could pick one player to stay at the club till they retire from the current squad who would you choose and why Tom Dutton this is so hard and and I've I've picked four players <laughs> who I could conceivably really really enjoy to stay and they're all defenders because look we've had some amazing attackers over the years mm-hmm. but since it's been a while since we've had a proper proper good backline yeah. and the Van Dyke is the main one because he's raising everyone's level, but then it's Allison next to him. It's Trent Alexander Arnold because he's so, he's a scouser for one. He's he could even conceivably move into the midfield, but if not, he could be one of the best right backs in world football. Um, and then Robbo, just everything about him is fantastic. And I guess if I had to pick one out of them, it'd probably be Trent. Okay. Um, I just want to see him develop. I want to see him become this this integral part of the team like he's already becoming um, I, I just want to see the scousers in the team Did you take age into consideration and how many years at the top of the game he might have when you came to this? It was it was and, and that's why I didn't really go with the attackers because they're at the peak now and that's why I picked Trent is because he's not even at his peak and look at the level he's at already and I feel like he's going to be the person who raises everyone's level throughout the years as long as we can keep hold of him and it's so exciting for me mm-hmm. I I'm really happy that we've managed to get him in the state. When, when Flanagan was in the team, I really loved it. And then obviously he kind of dropped off a bit after injuries and stuff. And I was a bit gutted, to be honest, because I really loved the intensity that he played and the way he can play in the big games against United, against Everton, and, and, and putting in performances that I'd put in 
and and with the passion that uh, I put to in. be fair, we play footy once a week. Like he's he's at a level above you, I would say. <laughs> yeah, maybe two or three or four or five or six. Yeah, I mean, but that intensity that he plays with, I, I get that. Don't get me wrong. Um, so I I nailed it down to six players on my shortlist. It's so hard, isn't it? I had Van Dijk, uh, Salah, Robbo, Trent, Gomez, and Allison. Oh, Gomez, a shout! Yeah. And I, I think Van Dijk's twenty seven, so I'm saying that he's got five years left at the peak of his powers, mm-hmm. maybe. Salah's 26, I think as a forward he's probably got four years left at his peak. Robbo's 24, so as a fullback I'm giving him seven years to, to age 31 at yeah. his peak. Trent's 20, so I've given Robbo till 31, I'm going to give Trent 11 years. Yeah. Then I've got Gomez at 21, but he's playing as a centre-half, so I'm giving him 12 years. Okay. I've given Van Dijk yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I've got Allison at 26, so I'm giving him nine years at his peak, oh. maybe longer. So I considered those factors. Right, I'm going to take Van Dyke out of it because I don't think five years is good enough. No. I'm going to take Salah out of it because four years at his peak probably isn't good enough. And the fact that we've had good centre-backs and strikers down the years. So we're looking at Premier League era mm. and you can think of Robbie Fowler, Michael Owen, Fernando Torres, yeah. Luis Suarez, Mo Salah. We've been able to 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 cast aside forwards, as it were, and find no, no, other number nines that have been just as good. Robertson is a problem position for me because yeah. I think back to the left backs and stuff. And although Stigging Bjornaby was good in the in the mid nineties, you wouldn't say he was top draw. Then you got Risa, who listen loads of Liverpool fans loved love Risa. Him. Love him. Yeah. I didn't think he was very good. I thought he could strike a ball and he could yeah. score a goal, but as an actual left-back, never really thought he was great. Then I'm thinking of right-backs, Trent Alexander-Arnold, 11 years. Well, we've had the likes of Rob Jones, who was superb before your time, Tom. We've had Steve Finnan. Wow. Uh, we've had uh, Glenn Johnson for a couple of years before we got John Glenson. Uh, and now we've we've obviously got Trent Alexander-Arnold. We've done all right. We've had Kleine. We've done all right at right-backs. I'm going to get rid of him, although he's, yeah. he's up there shortlist. Joe Gomez, centre-halves, it's his injuries that make yeah. me worry about keeping him. I, if he was completely injury-free at this age, I'd probably keep Joe Gomez. But I'm going for Alison Becker because I think nine years' return out of Alison Becker at a time when the goalkeeper is probably more integral to how you play football than ever before. Yeah. And the fact that I have said for years on this show, we've had two good seasons of a goalkeeper in the Premier League era. And I think that's two good years maybe three of Pepe Reina out of what nearly 30 years of Premier League football now or 27 years of Premier League football so I'm going to go nine years out of a goalkeeper is probably what I'm going to take I love how many options we have here how many people we conceivably want to keep hold of and how many people have tied down their immediate futures to us as well I mean I understand the Allison thing I I think that's a really really solid argument and, and it is you are right. There aren't that many goalkeepers. I, I, to be honest, I'm I'm torn between Trent and Robbo. Like I, for the reasons I've said, Trent there, but Robertson is just he he embodies everything there. He's got the work rate of a Dirk Kite, and he's got the skills of of uh, and the and the mentality of so many legends that yeah. this club's that this club's the, the seen. Thing with man. Robbo as well, and and why I'd probably add Robbo above Trent is yes, there's four years difference, but. I think, not to discredit Trent in any way, because I think he's absolutely superb, but there's still the question mark of whether he is going to hit that height. You know, we feel like he's got a really high ceiling. Robbo's already at that ceiling and can potentially get better. So I don't think it's as much of a risk 
with yeah. Robertson as it might be with Trent. I, f- I feel like, like I said before, the only thing with Trent is he could move into the midfield yeah. conceivably, mm-hmm. and he could become this 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 maraud. He could become the perfect number eight that we need. If you think about how we like to play football and we want a box to box player who's got the pass, got the work rate got the defensive stability he is everything yeah. he just doesn't have the physicality at the moment I don't think or maybe even the, the game time in that position but we, we've spoke about how integral these fullback roles are both of them there you like can yeah. you get much better? No, and, and as you mentioned, and as you touched on before, Tom, the fact that most of these lads are tied down till twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three anyway, it's looking like we're not going to have to pick. You know, it's looking like we're going to have nine of our first teamers nailed down for the next five years anyway. And if they grow and they get better together, yeah, then I actually I'm not sure I know the limits of this side at it's the amazing. moment, and a lot of that will depend on how we go on in the in the Premier League title race this season. Because I think if we win it this season, we can kick on again. And you wonder whether they'll be able to react to heartbreak. They've reacted pretty well to heartbreak in the Champions League last season. Yeah. It might just spare them on next season. Um, so we've probably done a little bit too much on the opening question, but thank you, that was brilliant. Yeah. If you're watching on YouTube, let us know in, in the comment section who you would pick as that one player to stay at your club until they retire. And let me know on Twitter, at MrBloodRed, at the Red Men TV uh, if you're listening on podcast. So we'll get into the news in brief then. Um First off, Buvac has, has finally left Liverpool. You know, he went out, uh, was it the week before the Roma semi-final? Yeah. He went on um, some kind of gardening leave or there was issues and uh, he wasn't with Liverpool at the end of last season. He's now left by mutual consent, Tom. Um, and listen, there's been, I think, far too much talk of Buvac this season, certainly in the early periods where we potentially weren't performing well, but we were still getting results. He's clearly somebody that Klopp absolutely loved working with. Yeah. But we don't seem to have missed the beat without him. No, I think we, we we made sure that we got a brilliant backroom staff. And that's not even just the people around Klopp. That's the people making sure that the food's right. There's so many different amazing people in this club now that we've brought in that, look, you're losing a massive integral part of this at the top end of like the tactics and, and, and stuff like that, the bit where it, it matters most, I guess. But Klopp will have learned a lot from him. Buvac will have learned a lot from Klopp as well, but Klopp's taken all that on board. I'm sure Buvac has not just taught Klopp, he's taught, obviously, Kravitz and Peplinders as well and, 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 and all these other people around. So the will of... <sighs> It's more from a personal thing, I think, that it's that it's bad for Klopp, but it doesn't seem like he's let it affect his job. He's still professional at the end of the day. He's still gone out there and, and made sure this team performs. I just don't think it's a big deal. No, nor do, nor do I, to be honest, Tom. And, and, may, and maybe that's because we don't see the inner workings of the that's club. True, yeah. Maybe it could have been a really difficult obstacle to overcome, and Klopp's had to work incredibly hard to 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 work to carry on without of his without his mate. But again, it comes back to that: we don't know the ins and outs of the of the workings of this squad and this management team, so we can only base it on results on the field. Yeah. And quite frankly, the results on the field have been better. Yeah. So I think we're in probably. You know, with the with the information available to us, we're making a, a decent fist of, of what's happened. Um, so, um, Linders, Pep Linders and Peter Kravitz have now been named officially assistant manager. If you check the LFC website, both of them have the title assistant manager. Brilliant. And I think that's great. And I was worried 
for Kravitz that Linders would get the job solely because Kravitz has been there since the beginning with Klopp and you could imagine that if Linders is the man to get the assistant manager job and Kravitz continues in his first team coach role or whatever that that could be a problem down the line thankfully it looks like that's been avoided yeah and again the two really really talented people in terms of the 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 coaching and stuff and you've seen since Pep Linders come back as well we've kind of stepped it up a there's been like an evolution of the squad ever since Buvac has left and, and different ways of like pressing and stuff like this and it, it it's mad because I'm not a coach and I don't know fully the inner workings of it all and, and, and I'm never gonna say that I do I, I the better people the, the, the more people who are brilliant at their job you can have around the club the better for me and the fact that them two are now officially assistant managers just speaks volumes to the fact that how good they are. I said before, the amount of backroom staff that we have that are fantastic at the job, elite level. Like, we're taking people from other clubs who are the best of the best, and these must be the best of the best if Klopp's willing to have them there and give them advice. You, you see them telling players what they're doing and stuff, and I know it's all worked out beforehand, but these are the, these are top-level top level coaches here looking... And, and analyse and everything and yeah it's brilliant Klopp seems to be the right man for the job I think you can have great coaches and you can have great people around you but if you're not willing to listen to them when they know more exactly. than you about certain subjects it really doesn't matter and I think that's what it comes down to and Klopp's willing and open to listen to these players we talked about Thomas Gronemark a lot when he came into the football club um, now it was very much a, 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 as a throwing coach but don't think that Klopp's not using him on set pieces as well and well, I don't think yeah. it's I don't think it's by luck that Liverpool are the best at defending set pieces in the league and we're actually starting to score more goals and yeah. we're scoring, you know, we're one of the best from set pieces in the league as well. And, you know, Klopp's willing and, and, and understands that he's focused for probably 70, 80 hours a week on making sure that the team's right. But you've got to almost trust those positional coaches. I say positional because it's an American football term, but those coaches who are specialists at certain things yeah. to do their job right. And Klopp's the guy that's bringing all this together, whether that's uh, Kravitz, whether that's Linders, uh, or whether that's gone a mark. Um, so that's quite interesting. One thing I saw this morning is Marco Gruwich has been praised by the boss of Hertha Berlin as a top-shelf player. Um, I'd we'll look into this. Eight games he's played for uh, for Hertha. He's uh, got one goal, zero assists, and 15 shots. He's 22 years old. I mean, I haven't seen anything of Hertha Berlin this season. I'll be inter- I, I'm probably going to go and watch some of the games now because it'd be interesting to see how he plays in that system and whether we could utilise him in, in our squad. It's a player the club certainly liked, isn't it? You know, um, he's kept him around over the last few years and stuff, and he clearly, I think, believes in him. And I'm not sure whether, personally, I don't think Gruwich will have a Liverpool career because no. I don't see that he fits into this side, unfortunately. But players have proved me wrong in the past, so we'll, we'll, I suppose we'll just have to stop, wait and see. And one of the other big talking points this week, Tom, is Salah the diver. Love it. Um, you do? Yeah. I, I, look, we had a... I've had discussions with a lot of people about this and, and do you remember when we were saying last season we need to be more of a bastard team? We need to start not... Look, it is cheating at the end of the day but the thing is if you're getting a little touch on the back of your leg outside the box and you're going down and giving Trent a go at free kicks or you're giving us a, a dangerous position, we went moaning when Suarez was doing it. Chelsea fans went moaning when Drogba was doing it. Ronaldo used to do it all the time. Like... Top level players do this. It's how they get the players up the pitch. Harry Kane does it all the time. They've done it against us, and it's how you sometimes win games. You 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 over exaggerating stuff, 
and the ones that have been highlighted lately, I don't even know if the dives, to be honest. I don't think they are, Tom. The contact in the box, and all right, you might be over-exaggerating at a touch, but you've got to in this game. I think that's what it comes down to. I think, you know, there is a... You're trying to make the referee make a decision, ultimately. Mm. I haven't seen Salah not take contact and go down, and I constitute that as a dive. Now, maybe I'm in a bit of a grey area here, but I kind of agree with you is that if there's contact there and he goes down, he is over exaggerating. And but I don't I don't th- see that as a pure dive. No, quite frankly. And I'm kind of I'm kind of happy that the, all the chat is about this because it takes the focus away from how good Liverpool have been. And if if players start to question whether to tackle Mo Salah in the box. Yeah then that might be that half a second that he needs to get a shot off and that can only work in Liverpool's favour as well. Well, if you look at Eden Hazard and I'm no one wants to touch him in the box and that's when he's the best. You know when he's on top form and you're watching Eden Hazard and everyone's like, oh, he's the best player in the world again. But you're watching Eden Hazard and you're thinking, why are defenders not putting a foot in? He's in the box, put a, put a foot. And you're like, if they do that, his speed of thought, his speed of movement is so fast, he can just dangle his leg out if he really, really wanted to and go over. And that's the main thing. And it is the one that the one one that really annoys me, and it is a dive for me, and but it's always given and everyone always goes, Oh, it's contact, so I guess I'm being a hypocrite, is Harry Kane does it all the time. It's when you're running through on goal, the goalkeeper comes out and you dangle your leg, but you're already half down. Is that a pen for you every time? That That's such a tough one for me because it, it annoys me and I understand why it's a pen and, okay, it is a pen, but they're, they're, they're halfway down and then the leg touches the goalkeeper. This is why it's so subjective because I think for me, let's say, let's say that plays out but the goalkeeper keeps his arms where they are. I think if you're simulating if you're if you're diving yeah. you go down regardless of contact at that point yeah. and I think a lot of the time and listen you could say this is very biased from a Liverpool perspective and I will talk about Harry Kane because he's the person that I see do it most yeah. is that if the goalkeeper doesn't put his arms down he's left his legs there and he has decided that he's falling over yeah. whether he gets contact or not I think the difference between Salah is Salah gets the contact and then goes down yeah. and I don't think he's waiting for the contact I don't think he's anticipating the contact that's why it looks like a dive though because he gets the contact and then he thinks oh I better go down here yeah. and that unfortunately is just two facets of it yeah and, and when it's in slow-mo it doesn't help because they're like oh it took two seconds for him to-. no it didn't that's slowed down by 50% what do you want about and it, it, if you're getting booted in the back of the leg I'm not asked in any level of football you're not going to be able to keep your feet you're not going to be able to keep your balance there was the Sacco one last not not when we played Crystal Palace the other day the last time and, and we won a pen and we, we ended up winning the game and everyone was moaning about it Sacco stood on his foot Yeah, it's a pen yeah. I'm sorry yeah that's it like uh, okay well there's news in brief uh, we're going to get into the topic uh, the first topic of the day then uh, that is Crystal Palace uh, and it was a bit of a return to Liverpool of yesteryear Tom wasn't it yeah um <laughs> But I didn't enjoy it as no! much as Liverpool of yesteryear because. But it was. We've been lucky this season. We've been brought up this season on quite boring, convincing wins. Yeah, and our defence didn't. I wouldn't say let us down, but wasn't at the top of its game, and that's because we didn't have a solid right back and Zaha ripped Milner every single every every which way. Um, but that's going to happen. Zaha is a fantastic player. The movement to Townsend was brilliant for that first goal, and a lot of people are saying Allison could have done better. David De Gea saves that probably because he likes to lead with his feet when he saves stuff. Alisson doesn't really do that, and it's so hard. The speed of the ball, 
like, I was having arguments with United fans the other day, and they were like, oh, David Hair saves that all day. I don't know if he does because of how hard it's hit the movements. And look, ah. At the end of the day, we won. At the end of the day, we came through all the challenges that were posed against us. It was nervy, yeah, but the, every game's been nervy, whether the 1-0s, whether the 4 threes. Yeah, I think for me, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Milner at right-back, and um, I obviously do the stats and tactics show on the website every single week after after Liverpool games, and, you know, looking in depth and detail at what Liverpool were doing. This week, I decided to look at the chances that we conceded, and I think the, the one thing that I remember from, from doing the show, and one thing that I found more than anything, is there was errors in Liverpool's defence you know, during each attack, probably that the the Crystal Palace had a chance from, but there was also good play from Crystal Palace, and you know I say this quite often on the website shows, but it never sees the light of day as far as YouTube goes. I truly believe sometimes that we're too harsh on players. Yeah. I think sometimes it's very easy with, as you mentioned before, you know, um, slow mos and action replays and all that type of stuff to look back at things. And you know, you see Gary Neville doing it, and I do it on the Stats and Tactics show, and and, and Jamie Callagher does it where they go, oh, you know, he should be here and there. This is a game of football played yeah. at fucking hundred miles an hour in the Premier League at the top level with top draw players. Yeah. Your decision making is important. It's massively important, which is why when you don't make the best decision possible, you end up conceding. But sometimes, and this is what it came down to for me, sometimes I think Liverpool fans forget that there's 11 lads that also want to score goals against us. Like, yes, Liverpool overcommitted. Yes, Liverpool gag and pressed and were caught out. Yes, Jordan Henderson was caught out of position for that first goal. But then, Joel Matip's positioning's not great. He's five yards behind the defensive line. A poor decision. But don't take anything away from Zaha. Zaha stands James Milner up. Does James Milner down the the wing? James Milner can't do anything. I'm not sure Trent could do anything. I'm not sure Joe Gomez can do anything. I'm not sure Nathaniel Klein can do anything about that. Then puts a great ball in. And Andros Townsend ghosts off a left-back and Andrew Robertson, who's got another player on him in AU to mark yeah. and hits a great finish now for as good as Liverpool are sometimes Liverpool can play faultlessly and still can see goals because the opposition play well yeah. I thought Crystal Palace attacked us really well when they did yeah well I've, I've said it a few times if you look at some of the goals Liverpool have conceded this season it's usually world class play that gets it there we don't concede many chances in games yeah we conceded three goals the other day and probably conceded the most chances for a long time maybe Man City I'm, I'm not sure yeah, but it, was it was only nine shots from Crystal Palace on the day three on target three off target three blocked you've got to be top draw to get past this Liverpool side and this was a Liverpool side not even at its best Fabinho nearly blocks that shot from Townsend as well he's very very close to getting there um, I'm not too worried about it um, in a terms blip of more than definitely a regression. Definitely, I mean, I don't want to see us concede that many goals ever again this season, yeah, and I don't think nice. we will because we've been really, really consistent at that. Um, look, it, it, Crystal Palace have always been a, a bogey team for us, and you're right there; they've got a really good team. Really weirdly, for where they are in the table, but defensively, they've, they've got quite a, like Wamba Saka is one of my favourite players. The way he puts himself about, he's no chance. He's no, no and he's older. Yeah, but he, but he's still a fantastic, he's a player. fantastic player. We saw last time we played them. He was probably their best player as well. He just he just stood up to everything. It was mad how he, he marshaled Mane, wasn't it? But um, no, I think I think you're right in there. Sometimes the play just is too good, and you're gonna get that. It's Premier League. 
That's yep. the best part about it, is you've got teams doing that. That's what makes all these 1-0 wins, 2-0 wins so good. Think about that 4-3 and then think about all the games where it wasn't a problem because we've just nullified everything. Sometimes teams match up particularly well to another side as well. And I think certainly, in the, I wouldn't say if if everybody was fit, Crystal Palace match up as well with us. Mm. But when you've got issues at right back and their best player plays left wing... Yeah. It's going to make it difficult for you, isn't it? And I think James Milner, for all the talk of him having a bad game, let's not forget that he essentially gets an assist by, you know, Fabinho knocks that ball over to James Milner. James Milner has three chances created during that game, I think it is, or three key passes, I can't remember which metric it was measured by. He did very well going the other way, and I think sometimes we're very... We're too quick to go, well, Trent's not here, let's put Gomez in, he's good defensively. Let's put... Um, let's move Fabinho there. Yeah, he's yeah. good defensively. Do you know what I mean? Whereas what James Milner offered us is, yeah, he's not as good as strength defensively. He's a midfielder, yeah. but offensively, he's maybe better. Yeah. And I think that's something that gets overlooked is how important he was to us winning the game and scoring goals. You, you've seen he, not even for Liverpool. I remember when I was watching him for Man City, and you're seeing that overlap run, God. and you were thinking, him and used to tear us just, in your arsehole every game. They were unbelievable at it, and he's doing it for us now. And and you're right. I think the attacking side you need to be able to have that fullback who, pre, who who does that because it's such a massive facet of our game. It's that diagonal ball over to your fullback pushing their wingers back. And let's not forget, even defensively, he didn't have that much cover. Every time they broke, it seemed like he was one-on-one. And it's like, you, Zaha, like I said before, fantastic player. Think about how many times Salah's just ripped the man with his raw pace and, and speed of thought. And we're like, oh yeah, Salah's just that good. We don't ever think about exactly. the defender. Exactly. You just go, yeah, he's that good. That's why That's why it's we've like scored. Andros Townsend ghosts across and, and gets free on the penalty spot. If if Salah, if, if that's Salah or that's Bobby Fino, that's elite movement. It's strike, striker's mentality. He's found the space in the box. And just Townsend, we're looking for someone to blame. Yeah. And it's mad that. It, it, it is. It's mad. Like. But but even then, look, the way mistakes made in there, good. We'll learn from them. We will. We talked about the coaches before. They'll have analysed that thoroughly and gone, what have you done there? Why is that not... Why, 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 Jordan? I get that was your pressing trigger, but why have you done that? Don't do that next time. Your tackers, you were all behind the ball, or in front... Uh, yeah, behind the ball. Why were you there? Be smarter with your pressing. In this position, if the player's that good, because it was fantastic play, I can't remember who had the ball McCarthy. in the midfield. That is so calm and collected to just go, oh, there's my ball, done. And he seemed like he even waited. He knew Jordan Henderson coming out. I don't think he did, but no. it happened. And I, yeah, I, yeah. Just I, I think it was brilliant. Around. And, and the, you know, you've mentioned about some of the positives that came out of the game. And let's be honest, we won. Yeah. We got three points. That makes a massive difference. You just use that paper to wipe up that coffee, Tom. Yeah, good, good one, mate. Um, I'm finishing off so you don't spill it again. Are you going to go for the wipe with your arm next? Maybe uh, pick your nose while you're here. Intentionally, I will do. Yeah. Okay, sounds. Yeah. Um, I, I think one of the main positives for me is the fact that. You know, this Liverpool side is, it has got a never-say-die attitude. This Liverpool side doesn't know when it's beaten as evidenced by Everton, as evidenced by Chelsea with Daniel Sturridge, as evidenced by this Crystal Palace game. But also, the fact is, the front three stepped up when the defence needed them to, and it's been the other way around this season. Yeah. But we were able to... Uh, all three of them on the score sheet. We scored four goals in 45 minutes, and we had to. Yeah, and they were good goals. Yeah. Think about the goals that we scored. That Slice Bobby, a look at everyone. Yeah, but that Bobby Firmino one, I'm sorry, that ball into feed, and then, I mean, they 
that's bad defensively from them. They need to get out to him faster and be right on his back, stop him turning because it's Bobby Firmino in the box. But him again having the presence of mind to just turn it and play and and score that ball by Fabinho, that seems like a signature move. Mm-hmm. Now is that inch perfect ball, and you have the, the the brilliant run up the side, and then that Mane one. If you think about the throw from Allison, even though Allison might not have had a fantastic game, that throw is unbelievable. The 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 tenaciousness, yeah, no, forget about that. The tenaciousness from Robertson to keep that ball in play. Then Mane, after being quite frustrating all game, it has to be said. And you're thinking, just play it off this time, lad. You've had a few. Oh no, you finished it. You've sorted the game for us. We can all relax and then can see the third. Okay, sorted. Uh, some of the goals there were fantastic, like you say. And I'm, I'm, I'm never worried anymore, Chris. L- L- Liverpool, Liverpool have got three players in the top 10 goal scorers in the Premier League we're the only side with three players in there you know we've got Salah leading the way on 16 and we've got Bobby Firmino I think it might be 9 and, and, and maybe it's Mane as 8 or something like that maybe it's 8 and 7 I forget but if you look at the top 10 goal scorers for this league we've got three players in there and they are massively important players and they stepped up when we needed them to at Anfield in a tough game and we got the three points yeah. against Woyard's inside and that for me is fantastic before we get into the second big topic of the day, which we'll be talking about Liverpool making a net profit of €100 million, Euros, uh, I just want to plug the Around the League podcast. It's something we do on the Red Men TV every single week, uh, where this is a look at this is Steve Hall and, and Ross Shanley talking about the rest of the league. And I think sometimes we're so focused on Liverpool, it's a really cool podcast. And if you enjoy videos or podcasts about from, from a, a biased Liverpool perspective, this is the podcast for you. He's come under a load of scrutiny for this because I again I have part of me kind of I like the balls he approached and the honesty of him, which I think he's he's had a credit for. Um a bit like Bielsa really, he's he's kind of torn um opinion. It, it, but then again from a manager's point of view and the management style, I we we criticize Mourinho for doing the same thing, you're calling people out and I think you can do it once, but then I think uh, there's some sort of protection that he gives your players and he could have he could have said any of this behind closed doors and he's already said okay I've done it against Tottenham it didn't work is this another tactical point in the manager going actually if you, if you, is this shit and I've told you once you haven't listened to me you've been shit again so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell the world that you're shit yeah, or is that covering his own back because- yeah, so, honestly there's, there's so much to unravel first of all his, he's paid handsomely by Chelsea to motivate his players yeah. so firstly that's on him Yeah. if your players aren't motivated are they players who can't be motivated well I disagree because I've seen them win stuff this group of players have won stuff yeah they've won the Premier League and they've won you know they've done well internationally as well a lot of them so they aren't, they aren't players who, who are immune to being motivated so Quality sleep is essential that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That's a partly on him. So there you go. Check that out. RedmenTV.com, £5 per month. You're getting over a show a day at, at, at this point for five pounds. Yeah. So you're getting over thirty shows a month. We've got some belter stuff on there, and I'm not just saying that. It's really, really great. And if you're thinking about subscribing, now's a great time because Liverpool are absolute mustard. Mm. So we're going to talk uh, Liverpool making a net profit and what does this mean? So we had a question from our Facebook subscribers group. Anybody who subscribes to Redmen TV gets entry into this Facebook group. We talk with them all the time uh, about improvements for the channel, about all kinds of stuff uh, it's a really cool little community we've got going on so Brody Kieran said thoughts on Liverpool reportedly achieving a net profit of 100 million in 2018 and what you think this means for future investment in the squad and this is the financial year ending uh, well it will be the end of March 2018 so Liverpool are going to be the first side they reckon who have ever posted a profit of 100 million euros or above. The next highest is Leicester, who made about 91 million euros after they won the league. Now, in in, in large part, this is down to 81 million euros of Champions League money, the 130 million pounds for the Coutinho sale. But in that time, Tom, we also bought Virgil van Dijk, Mo Salah, Andy Robertson and Oxlade-Chamberlain and we're still able to post a profit of around 100 million. So first off, it's great. Yeah, it's fantastic that we're able to keep improving the sides and make a humongous profit—the yeah. biggest that any football club will have ever made in any league in the world. It's mad to me that, yeah. But also the fact that we're able to invest in the squad, improve the squad, improve everything on the pitch, improve stuff off the pitch as well. So, so I'll ask you, bro, this question again: What does this mean for the future investment in the club? Well, it's mad because you think about some of our dealings recently. And you 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 look at the players that we've sold, and you're like, how much did we get for that man? How much have we got for that man? We asked the we we posed the question about Grouch before, saying how much would you sell him for? I think Sai said five, and then he went, oh, but you wouldn't be surprised if it was fifteen because we were getting this value out of out, out of players. Now we're not t- we're not being swindled. We're literally going. This is the price for them. Pay it, and I think that's the main thing for me is we're never we're never gonna like Emery Chan. All right, we got. But he wanted to force the move. He left on a free. But I don't think that's going to happen again. I don't. I think we're always going to get value for players. We're always going to get maybe even over value for players. We're bringing in players like Shakiri for underneath his value by like half. I think we got him for twelve, didn't we? And I think he was he, he was valued at like thirty when we got him. I don't know how you get these valuations, but it was it was reported and stuff. I just think we're going to keep getting deals. We're going to keep investing in. Probably younger talents for cheaper. So you're thinking about the big thing for me, and I, I was th- I was thinking about this. Fabinho came out of nowhere. I want to see more of them. 
Mm-hmm. Big name, big money signings, and you just got who? Our scouting department's been doing all right well, this here. Is, this is a, this is something that you know FSG wanted Liverpool to do, and I don't think when they came into the the Premier League as owners, FSG, I don't think this was probably the model that they were expecting to follow. Mm. I think they had a couple of years where they overpaid for younger talent, and it didn't quite work out. Yeah. And I think what they've realised now is there's that middle bracket of age players, probably between 22 and 25, which is where we're shopping more and more, rather than the, let's say, 17 to 21 bracket. And I think there's just a little more... It's not as much of a risk to shop in in the age bracket that we're shopping in, but you can still get value down the line if you want to. So what I mean by that is, you know, you're not spending 20 million on a young talent who's 19 years old who may or may not make it. You, it's a, it's more of a set at the ages of the players that we're we're buying, and it's probably not as much of an adaptation period for them to get into the side. But what we're still able to do is is hold value and get value from our younger players. One of the things that I think about Tom, and I don't know whether this has any effect on the books, but it's it's an interesting thought that I had the other day. Right, when we value a, a young player, say they've played for Liverpool for four or five years, what do you think goes into the valuation of that player? Well, it's got to be performances that they've put in for us first and foremost. You'd think, you'd think it's a lot of where it depends on what age they're at, but it depends a lot on the coaches and just being like, what, what, what potential do they have here? Why, what, what part of this squad can they can they be a role in? Yeah, for me. So here's here's the thought that I had. Liverpool have got, let's say, by comparison to Oxford, mm-hmm. right? Liverpool have got more coaches. Loads more coaches and loads more players and loads more time going into those players. Now, if you're buying cheese, right, bear with me on this one. I like right? cheese, yeah. Ch- cheese is good. Yeah. One of the most expensive cheeses that you get readily available is Parmesan cheese. Mm-hmm. And do you know why Parmesan's more expensive than your normal cheddar? Go on. Because it's kept for longer. It has more work. It's kept in in a controlled environment for a bare minimum of two years with the lighting at a certain thing and the temperature at a certain thing, and it has to be checked on all the time by members of staff. So the the reason that per kilo Parmesan is more expensive than cheddar, it takes longer to do. Your electricity is going to be longer. You're funding these machines and all this type of stuff. You buy a young player at Liverpool and and you have them for five years, there is a lot of money that's gone into making that player the person that he is. It can't just be based upon what his potential is yeah. you've got to you've got okay, to get your yeah. money back for what's gone into that player you buy a player from Oxford yes his value might be similar but they might not have had the coaching and the level of expertise gone into that player to make him the player that he is I think that's got something to no, do with it as well you know all you've got I, me know, thinking, I, don't, I don't know how I got onto cheese there you, by all the way. you've got me thinking about is now which academy players are which types of cheese <laughs> um, that's, that's all I can think of right now no I think that's a, I think that's a massive thing and I, I think you're right then because I think, how much did we get for Jordan Ibe? 16, 15 15, mil? I think it was, and 6 for Adam, what's your name, the left-back. Which is unbelievable, and, 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 and then you're bringing in, you're bringing in players for, for less. I, it makes sense, because you are putting in... Think of the level of, of coaching as well, not even like how long they've been coached. It is the level and stuff. I think another big thing for me is the type of players that we're bringing in. I'm, I mean that in terms of... Look at Oxlade-Chamberlain. He wanted more game time, and he wanted to be... I guess loved at a club, um, and we just went, yeah, we'll get him. And I think we would have had problems with doing that in the past, but the trust Klopp now, and I think that's a massive thing. The trust that oh, we want someone. It's the reason why we didn't spunk loads of money on someone not Virgil Van Dijk. 
it's one of them where we're being smart about it, we're being... And I think that's, in terms of asking answering this question the future we're going to be a lot smarter we're going to invest in the right players whether that is a lot of money because look values are going up massively but if we bring in a player it's going to be the right player Fabinho 50 mil the exact right player look at how he's playing I don't think the money matters to Liverpool anymore and that's that that is the thing that I I like more than anything else is that Robertson was identified as a player that would suit our system it didn't matter that he was 8 million or it wouldn't have mattered if he was 80 million I think the player would have been bought regardless and you can look at that with Virgil van Dijk there was cheaper options out there you know we could have signed a player for 20 million Michael Keane, for example, yeah. but he wouldn't have been the right player, right. you know what I mean? And, and that's what Liverpool have been getting better and better at. And I think the other thing is, it shows you how good the coaching at Liverpool is because Coutinho's not a worse player because he's playing with the Barcelona players. Coutinho was a better player because he was at Liverpool with a coach that knew how to get the best out of him. Yeah. And I think that's what we've got at the moment. And I don't, I think that's why. I'm not worried about Liverpool selling players and them going on and setting the world alight anymore because I actually think that Klopp's getting the best out of all the players in the squad. Yeah, no, yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, there's a few, it's a shame, there's a few that have gone out and I know there's questions later where we talk about this. There's a few that have gone out where you're thinking, oh, if only we had them now because Klopp could develop them even more. I think as much as Sterling's playing really, really well at Man City, I think there's a small part of him that probably thinks, what if I stayed around and what if I was playing in that? Yeah, you know what I mean? He doesn't care. He's doing really well. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he gives us a second thought, to be honest but, with you. But I think in terms of his his progression, he'd be like, oh, Jürgen Klopp could have been a bit different. I know he's Pep Guardiola, fantastic. But Jürgen Klopp could have done something for me there. And, and, and it's even the fact that we haven't gone for Pulisic. And everyone would be like, Remember, if we didn't go for Pulisic a while ago, we'd be like, what are we doing? We've missed out on this time. Oh, Jürgen Klopp doesn't really want him. Okay, that's fine. Goethe. Oh, Jürgen Klopp doesn't really want him. Okay, I know he's fantastic, but okay. These players were top, top talents, but it doesn't matter. They don't fit our squad. What's the point in bringing him in? Phil Coutinho was another one. I don't think he'd fit our squad now. He'd be a fantastic player, and yeah, maybe you stick him on the left, he still sets up loads of goals and scores loads of goals, but I don't know if he fits this system and how we want to play. I think he does, but that's a conversation for another time. Uh, So we'll move on then. Uh, Let's go to Leicester. A little look ahead. It's a a few days until we play Leicester. Obviously, it's not this weekend. It's midweek. We know that James Milner is going to be banned for that game. Uh, We're not sure whether Trent's going to be fit. We're not sure whether Joe Gomez is going to be fit. I think if Joe Gomez is fit... He comes into the side. I think. Yeah. Would we both agree with that yeah. one? Let's let's work it on the basis that he's not, and we're not saying that he will or won't be fit. We're just, you know, for the for the sake of this segment, we're saying that he's not fit. Who do you put in at right back? So Trent is miles away. I think. Really? I don't think there's a chance. See, so your options really are Fabinho, Camacho, Keanu Hoover. It's Camacho then. He's a right back. Um, okay. As much as I. It's a really tough one. We brought him on the other day. He was on the bench for a reason. Um, I think he, you've got to. I don't think you play Fabinho there. I think... And I, it's weird because we're talking about the attack and stuff. We spoke about Milner before. Can Fabinho do the attack? Will we just have to kind of shift it to a back three like we have seen sometimes and then let Robbo just maraud up that left-hand side? But we just we just don't seem to do that. I really feel like we need that attacking outlet on that side. Especially, look, Leicester might come out at us and, and they will be targeting that side. 
but as long as we can get the cover in midfield, which is going to be a tough thing to do because we saw it against Palace, it was tough. But as long as we can keep that cover in the midfield and then let Camacho go up and pin a few wingers back, I think that's got to be what it is for me. I don't know. Uh, Question following on from that before I give you my answer. In fact, I'll, I, won't, I won't ask you the straight of question because I'm leading a, a little touch here. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons I think that Shaqiri didn't play at the weekend, and again, no one's talking about this, is because we had a, no cover. A, a, a no cover. Yeah. Right. And I think that Mane does a better job than Shaqiri at tracking back, and I think that's why Mane played right wing. And I think that's why Shaqiri goes out and Keita comes into the side. I don't think it's a Keita for Shaqiri thing. I think it was a Milner's playing. Let's get let's get Mane ahead of him. Yeah. Um, and again, I've not I've not heard people talk about that for some reason. But I think if you play Camacho, you definitely can't play Shakiri ahead of him. No, I think he'd play Fabinho. To be honest, at right with back. You, at right back, and the, and the reason is, I think back to that Wolves game and how out of position he was because yeah. Camacho's not a right back; yeah. he's just not. He's, no, a, he's not, a right no. winger, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? And uh, you know he might be converting to a right back, but. It, I think his first instinct is to bomb forward. So for me, I think if Henderson, if Wijnaldum is fit, yeah, that's, that's the big, big key. That is if you can one, play yeah. Henderson and Wijnaldum in the middle of the park, I think he sounds. And I think Fabinho moves to right back. If Wijnaldum's not fit, which he should be, uh, then you're going to have to play. Uh, I, I think I think you might have to play a three at the back if Camacho's playing. It's I mad. don't think Liverpool are going to play three. At the no, back. I don't think so. I look, it's one of them. I wouldn't be adverse to Fabinho playing there, and that's the best thing about him. How versatile he is. I was. If he hadn't played centre back at Wolves, and then um, the subsequent game afterwards, that I can't remember. But if, if he hadn't played centre back, yeah, if he hadn't played centre back for them two games, I'd be like, hmm. But then I've I've looked at him and been like, oh, he's fine. I'm to be honest, what I'll probably do to ease my nerves is watch him do it for Brazil. Yeah, and I'll just go, okay, how is he doing this? How is he playing there? The the the. The coaching staff again will know exactly how he plays, exactly how to tailor this system to make sure that he gets as much cover there as possible. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be have a problem with that at all. And and that's the best thing is we have these many options. I really do think that Gomez will be back, and I think Gomez will play. To be honest with you, um, just because that would be great. That would that would set my mind at ease, regardless. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one thing I want to talk about is Naby's form, and there's a question yeah. uh, from Lil Halliby. Do you think there's a possibility that Naby Keita will be sold in the summer? Let's talk a little bit about that while we talk about Naby Keita's form uh, and whether he should maybe start at Leicester, Tom. So I'll start with this one. Um, do I think there's a possibility that Naby will be sold in the in the summer? No, I Not don't think there's a possibility. I don't think Klopp buys a player to give them uh, just a few opportunities to show the worth. I think he has to... He has to do better when he, he's given the opportunity and he's given that chance to shine. But I don't feel like we're just going to... This this wasn't... You don't wait 12 months for a guy to wait, you know, to see them play for nine months and then get rid of them. There's something there with Naby Keita. It's not working at the moment. I think that's more the system that we're playing. Um, and his adaptability between systems which yeah. is why he's not playing at the moment I think he maybe learned that 4-3-3 he's now struggling in training maybe in the 4-2-3-1 and I think there's a trust issue and when you're going for a league title unfortunately you can't afford to blood many players in the centre of the park if you're not 100% comfortable because teams will hurt you Yeah I, I think that's the main thing We've bought, it looks like we've bought him for a 4-2-3 that more central role and it's only like when we've played the 4-2-2 with Shaqiri on the right and him on the left and that allows him to kind of tuck in and let the fullbacks go. He seemed a tiny bit better. It, 
I think against Bayern Munich, he'll probably play and we'll play a 4-3-3 and then we'll be able to see a bit more of that. We saw it against West Ham, the first game of the season, when you give him a bit of space to run into and the runners in front of him, he's fantastic. Um, he's never getting sold. There's no chance because would you have sold Robbo? You know no. what I mean? Are you starting to be concerned about his form at all? Because I think, you know, we can say he's not getting sold in the summer, but I think there are legitimate concerns. Yeah, he didn't play well the other day at all. He was, he was, he wasn't gets garbage. He does get an assist, but I mean, he just plays into Bobby's feet and Bobby's just the rest. He doesn't do anything magical. I, he didn't do enough for me. Um, but you can, like you said there, he has he has something. He's got that spark. He can beat a man with ease. It's mad how easy he can beat a man. I think it's gonna take him a while to adapt to the Premier League. You can see this. There's this. It was that Napoli game, and he, him and Trent were pretty poor on that right hand side. And you were like, oh, every time he lose the ball, and you're like, oh, I think he just needs to be a bit more confident on the ball, trusting himself, trusting his teammates. And he's going to become some player. I really do believe it. Um, and we talked about coaching. and I've, I mean, I've said we've talked about coaching so many times this podcast, but we have the coaches there that will train him up. They they can make any player work in the system, I, I think. And he's got the raw natural talent. He's got the ability. Like you say, we haven't waited on him for that long to get rid of him. And if we can give him a bit of a more central role, but that's the problem. You're not taking Firmino out of that ten. You can't because he's he. It's clicking now. You just can't do that. We need to work out a system where we can get him in that that a tandem in the midfield. Whether that be the two eights, whether that be the two sixes, kind of like why we play the four two three one. Yeah, it, it. We will work something out, and he will come good. Yeah, I'm, I'm I think I think that's right. I am concerned about his form now. I think I'm not been impressed with him. Concerned uh, in what way though? Concerned in the, how long it's going to take. Okay. Because I'm not seeing an improvement. Quite frankly, I think he, he's stalled at the moment. And again, I'm not worried. I think Liverpool will get the best out of him eventually. But I think it's it's in. Have we got the time this season to get the best out of him? Probably not. No. Not because of the games coming so thick and fast, and maybe not at this point, but also because of the the level of scrutiny that's going into each game. The fact that we can't slip up in any way, shape, or form means that his opportunities are going to be limited, unfortunately, for him. And I think there are players that take six months, nine months to adapt to the Premier League from another country, and that's playing every week. He's not even getting to do that. He's getting yeah. 20 minutes at times and the occasional start every six to eight weeks. And that's that's why I'm concerned is that I'm not sure we've got the game time for him to go and improve so far this season. Yeah. But then equally, it could just click one day and then you might see him make a massive difference towards the end of the season. Question for you then, Oxley Chamberlain comes back. Yeah. In this 4-2-3-1 system, where yeah. does he play? Uh, probably the 10. But that's off the top of my head. But then are you are you taking Bobby out of there? And that- yeah. You, you're taking Bobby out and putting Oxley Chamberlain in a 10 yeah. and you think he'll do a better job than Bobby no but, but I think Salah will do a better job from the right than uh, Shaqiri yeah so and Firmino goes in the 9 I think he might go back to 4-3-3 but with but that's um, the thing yeah because so, uh, they're similar types of players in terms of bridging that gap aren't they of the midfield and, and the attack I'd be really interested to see what we do when Ox comes back and whether because we if we literally Ox comes back and then we go yeah four three three and then it clicks again, then I'm like oh is Naby just not good enough at the moment? 
but then maybe it's just the, the system and we've got two players there because that's what Naby was there for. It was it was the cover there. And Twyla Lana, I don't think, has got many games because yeah. you can't play him on the left-hand side. They're just not suited for that role and I think that's why Naby Keita's fallen short at the moment. I think you're probably right. Okay, we'll get on to some of the questions before we wrap up the podcast then. We've got an absolute belter from at ndutton13. Nice uh, shirt name, lad. Yeah, he's an Everton fan though. Um, I know this. He, I follow him because he's uh, he's massively into his American footy. Um, you, so we won't be watching this, but I think the question's absolutely superb. Regardless, you can eat the meal of only one animal. You can, sorry, you can eat the meat of only one animal for the rest of your life. Which one you taking? Beef. Why? Because I like stews in there, and I feel like you can make a lot of stuff. Like like there's goulash and there's. You don't need to talk about there. what. Oh, go on. No, yeah. What are you having for brekkie? Uh, well, I don't eat brekkie, okay. um, and then I can have beef, corn beef. There you go, corn beef on a butty, and then you can have a stew every day. I okay. feel like I was to- I-, I was gonna go with chicken though. I wouldn't mind the chicken, but then what are you eating for brekkie from a chicken? Again, I don't eat brekkie, so it'd be fine. You're probably the one person in the world that I can't I- you can't have a sensible <laughs> debate on this with, because I think the answer, I think the the first the first thing I thought of was beef. And then I was like, I've had beef bacon when I've been on Africa on my honeymoon and it's shit. And I've had beef sausages and it's shit. And I think the bacon thing puts pork and a pig ahead Mm. of the game. Yeah. Because you've got sausages, you've got bacon, you've got pig's ear, you've got shoulder, you've got leg, you've got ham and all the charcuterie that comes off the back of that. Mm. So you've got your chorizo, you've got your Polish salamis, you've got your French salamis, you've got all that different type of charcuterie there from the pig that you're not getting from the beef, you know what I mean? You've got the tenderloin, you've got the belly, you've got baby back ribs, you've got normal ribs, you've got ribs, you've got ham hock, you've got pork chops. It's just, it's just too good an animal not no, to eat. I've, no, fair enough. I, you know what? You've convinced me. I, I was torn with the bacon, and I was like, nah, I'll go with beef just because why not? But like, no, yeah, bacon. Yeah, bacon. But I, I'll eat bacon at dinner. Yeah, I'll just have bacon, bacon butty, and then yeah, sausage. I'll never be able to have sausage and mash. Or you could, sausage but the beef sausage isn't the shit. Yeah, I would. Yeah, no, I wouldn't enjoy it. I, I, like when we're talking about meat of only one animal, can we say fish and just include all fish, or are we just saying cod? No. So you'd only be able to have cod, then I'm not picking fish. Yeah. I mean, there was a question that said uh, fish and chips or doner kebab. Oh, it's fish. I ate doner meat. Yeah, I'm not even sure it's meat, to be honest. No, it's it's like, it's gristle. I do like doner meat, like, don't get me wrong, at a certain time of of the day, after a certain few beverages. Yeah, yeah. But, it's um, got to have loads of sauce on it for me to even think about it. It's, it's when people are like, oh, no, like, I ate doner meat, man. Yeah, that's quality. Oh. Okay, back onto the footy then. Uh, at K Dollars Red, uh, Henderson's improvement in the 4-2-3-1 system and why it's better suited to him. It's not a question, but let's turn it into a question. Yeah. Must do better next time, elite mentality. You're not an elite mentality because you're not asking questions. Oof. Right, 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 right. Let's turn this into a question. Why do you think Henderson suits the four-two-three-one more than a four-three-three? Gives him a bit more freedom, doesn't it? I remember when he was playing them the four-three-three, and he was kind of told to kind of sit there, and 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 you couldn't really do anything. He did a great job at moving side to side, and and. And and supporting the the fullbacks when we needed them, their their cover, but when especially when in Champions League, I remember when we played four three three and teams were coming at us, we went to a proper compact three as well. That gave me even less freedom. Um, I just feel like it's nice to see him getting up the pitch. It's nice to see him 
getting to the edge of the box, even if he's not going to shoot and he's going to play the sensible ball to the fullbacks. I just like it, and I, I feel like, especially with the the way that Genie and Fabinho are playing, he knows now that he's got the covering behind him. He knows that they're just as good as him in terms of the the engine and getting back and positioning. I think that's a massive part. I think you're right. I think if you think of it like. For me, the, the answer is as simple as this, and, and maybe it's not simple because I'm—I don't think I ever think things through like normal people. My brain works in different ways. I think, <laughs> right? I think like you know when you're looking at a pro evolution stat chart, and you, you know you've got that little thing. Yeah. I think when he plays the four-three-three, he's only got a little bit of his game available to him. Yeah. And I think actually the stuff that he's better at, he's not able to do in the four-three-three. So yeah. he's like attacking his through balls and his forward passes and all that. He just gets. To use that part of his stats more yeah. uh, you know what I mean no it could it, it, but I, I think he's got such an engine as well like not many midfielders have that engine where he can just get up and down and up and down and yes up he and might down again. he might run in a funny way sometimes but he gets there <laughs> sometimes you know I mean? it's all the time all the time I, just, I, I think the one one of the things I love about Henderson's game and look every midfielder does it but he just does it the he, he plays for Liverpool it's just I love watching him do it is when he gets his head down, he just he knows he needs to get there, and he's full sprinting, getting back, and you're like, that's desire there, and that's what he's in the team for. He's not in the team for his his intricate one twos in and around the box. He's in the team to get goal side of a man, stand him up, and maybe get beaten on occasion. Right. But he's he gets there and he puts in the shift, and the, it allows him to get further up the pitch to do that press. And that's a massive fast of his game. The the season is. The, they give it to the centre defensive mid and then Hendo's there for some reason because the press is so high Hendo's there bang into him and then we have four men who, who the ball can drop to the second ball bang and then we're in the third and that's down to Jordan Henderson being really really smart with his pressing but then with this system being allowed to do it further up the pitch because he's got someone in behind and yeah. I think you're right there Tom um, and I, I listen I think I think it's obvious everybody who's who's listened or watched this show over the years knows that m- most of us do like Jordan Henderson if you want to see a little bit more debate around Jordan Henderson you want to see a little bit more perspective of it uh, there's a video titled Salah Man in the Match from the Crystal Palace videos uh, where I spoke to two people outside of the game who really don't like Jordan Henderson if you want to see both sides of the debate then please go and check that one out as well the other one the stat show you did the other week was fantastic Lenny. thanks mate really really good but, don't even but, remember it but no but genuinely I, I, if you want to know why Jordan Henderson is good in that role and you want the numbers to back it up Watch that stat show. Was it for Was it for Brighton? Was it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Henderson is a beast. Was maybe fantastic, the title like man. That. It 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 put into perspective everything that when you want the ammunition, when people are giving you stuff and saying Jordan Henderson's not good, watch that and you'll get all the ammunition you need to give it Excellent. back. Excellent. High praise. Thanks, Tom. Uh, at Tizza fourteen, with Van Dyke suspended for the first leg against Bayern, do we just bring in an alternative and play the same, or would he, or do we need to consider a tactical change also, such as playing a bit deeper? Do you want to start this? Yeah, I think it's as simple as we play exactly the same way that we've been playing all season. I think, you know, I feel more comfortable making tactical changes when your leaders are on the field. Yeah. The people that you trust more than anybody else, the likes of Virgil uh, van Dijk, James Milner, Jordan Henderson, Roberto Firmino. I think you take a massive leader off in Virgil van Dijk and then ask a team to play in a different way. I think you're asking for trouble, quite frankly. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. And I figure we've got the cover there to be able to... As long as Joe Gomez comes back, the same player as Dejan he was. Lovren, Joe Matip, there's all players. players there. And, and look, they're not going to be as good as Virgil van Dijk, but they, they'll have 
they'll know the system in and out. Yeah. They'll know exactly how we're meant to set up for every set piece. The best thing about Virgil van Dijk is he never stops shouting and he never stops leading the team. Even with the midfielders, he tells the midfielders where to play the ball loads of times. He's like, there's the pass. Like, he's playing it himself. And that'll be the one thing we miss in terms of the structure and everything. I don't think it'll be too different. I mean, it'll be a massive I think that, blow I think the, for the, us. The, the tactical change will come anyway. Yeah, I can't imagine us playing a four-two-three-one, no. and I imagine we're already working on a little bit of that. You know, over the next few weeks, we've got, we've gone to four-three-three enough this season that when we decide to play counter-attack and football, yes, we've not been as good at it this season as last because we haven't been playing every single week. But it is there, and they are working on it. Their wingers are fantastic, Bayern's wingers. You've got to have that, and I think that's why we'll go back to the four-two-three, and I think it'll be. Henderson and I think Milner will be on the left hand side of that midfield just because he's so good at covering that left back position when Robbo goes up and Henderson can get over it and then put Fabinho in that that home role and we'll, like I said before they'll just be no really space tight. For Genie. I, I'd love to see Genie in there and it, it, if it was gonna be Genie he'd be in there for um, Milner. Okay, interesting. We'll we'll discuss that as we get closer to the game. Of course, we're still a ways out from that one. Uh, Got a couple more to go. Uh, Ben Pescod uh, says, question for the next podcast, which three players would you take back that we've sold in the last eight years? Sterling. Yeah. Off the bat, Pepe Reina. Interesting. Um, And it was between Luis Suarez and Emery Chan, but it's Luis Suarez. Okay. I went Sterling. Yeah. Suarez. Yeah. Coutinho. You got Coutinho. Damn straight. Think of our squad with them three players in. Unbelievable. Genuinely unbelievable. The cover. If you think about what City do, bring a Mahrez in. They don't skip a beat. Fantastic. Emery Chan, I would like to see him back in Liverpool's midfield. I okay. just, I, I really enjoyed him. I didn't consider Emery Chan, you know. I, I, I remembered him. Yeah. It wasn't an oversight. Yeah. I just, you know what it is? Maybe it's not Chan's fault. Maybe it's mine. I think I might have just got a little bit bored of Emery yeah. Chan. No, it's, it's fair. I... There was there was just moments in his game where he was imperious in that midfield. You're watching him and he's like he 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 was the one who'd slide in. He was the just the no nonsense fella sometimes and but he still had that attack and flair up. Do you front. think he'd fit a four two three one? I think he I think he'd be fantastic in it. Um I think he'd need to speed up his game because you're looking at how good Fabinho is at his quick passing and like it's worlds apart just how fast that he is, how much faster, sorry. Uh, but I think there would always be a space in there for Emery Chan. He, he wouldn't be one of the top choices in in terms of getting into the first teams, but he'd definitely be in the round. Okay, two more questions. One not on football, one very much on football. And the, and the last question's an absolute belter yeah. uh, with loads and loads of working out. You can see all these scribbles. And coffee stains. And coffee stains on Tom's. Yeah. Um, Techno copies at Steve Edwards one seven six says scones cream on top of jam or jam on top of cream. I saw this on, I saw this the other day by loads of people actually and people were fuming. I don't think I've ever been asked. I'd dip it if I could. I just fucking hell, lad. I just dip it in cream. Really me pen at you? Dip it in jam. I'm not even asked. It's jam and cream. Put it on whatever way you want. It tastes the same. Well, you're wrong, and you're now banned. Do you put from... butter on it? Damn straight. So you put butter then cream then jam. No. Let me get to it. Go on, go on. <laughs> I think there's two classical ways. Have you got a spreadsheet? But have you got a, a a big diagram for this, by the way? No, not this time. Do you remember that chart that I... Yeah. Um, so, there's two classical ways of, of doing the scone, isn't there? What? What, jam and, jam Devin, and cream? The, the cream Devonshire jam. way or the Cornish way, Okay, right? 
Are you Cornish all day? Go on, explain them. Devon, uh, very much, um, it has to be a warm scone, I think, in both. I think that's what the Devon people and the people of Cornwall can agree upon. Okay. Uh, they have to be fresh, I guess, as well. It's very much clotted, cut it in half, clotted cream on first, and then the jam. Mm-hmm. And Cornish people are very much cutted in half, jam on first, and then clotted cream. What's the difference? Ultimately, location. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? But I think when you do it my way... Which is Chris Pajak's way. Go on. It's butter, right? Already makes it better. Right? Slice it like a fucking wedge of cheese for your butty. I mean, thick. Like okay. yeah. a good half a centimetre of butter. Because if you're going to do it, fucking do it, lads yeah. and girls, of course. Then put your jam on, because jam always goes on butter. You would never cream butter. No, you wouldn't. No, exactly. So I think now with the, with the addition of the butter, you have to put the jam on next. Yeah. Because then what you're doing is you're separating the two creamy yeah. textures of the butter and the clotted cream yeah. with a little hint of jam. I think that's the way the, to do it. Do you then put the top back on top? No, because it's too messy. I hate yeah. things like that. It's like it's like them custard slices. Yeah. How do you eat one of them without getting it all over your face? Oh, all, all there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. You yeah, know what I mean? So you cut it in half, your butter, your jam, your clotted cream, and on this half, your butter, your jam, your clotted cream, and that's pretty much that. I'll be honest, I would probably just eat a scone by itself. <laughs> I'm that, I'm just not picky and eat it. The fact that people are arguing on the internet about which way jam and cream goes and whether to put butter on, just, just. Do you have pineapple on a pizza? Yeah, I'll, I'll eat anything. Food wise, <laughs> <laughs> no, genuinely, I'm just I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, just gone by itself. Sack the jam, sack the cream, not even butter, but glass of water. Like, don't get me wrong, I would eat a scone, but it would be made better with the jam and the butter and the cream, so I'd go for that. Yeah, but then you've got to buy all these extra bits. When you I mean, just I, get the I, I, I pretty much always have clotted cream. To be honest, fridge, Tom, we're talking, I definitely always have jam and butter. We're talking about this. There are people screaming now, saying it's a scone. By the way, I give a fuck. Yeah, so so I can't hear them, Tom. But so because they're screaming at a computer screen through headphones. There's four different ways here. Dickheads. Is it is it jam and cream on top of a scone, or cream on top of a jam on top of a scone, or the other way with a scone? Well, it's got to be scone because the joke is, what's the fastest cake in the world? Scone. I like that. Yeah, I'm. I'm really hungry for scones and lunch. Actually, have you had dinner today or I'm lunch not. or breakfast? You don't have breakfast, I of don't course. Have breakfast. Apart from the times that I see you do have breakfast, that's been a while. I mean, for someone who, who categorically states he doesn't have breakfast, I mean, I've seen you eat toast in the last three months in the morning, and I would consider that as breakfast. Well, yeah. What are you saying? That is lunch. Well, it depends what time. What times? What time? What well, do you like, think it matters? Because surely breaking your fast at any point of the day is a breakfast. Oh, first meal of the day. So I have butties for breakfast all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so you were saying breakfast before, I'll have beef for breakfast. Yeah. You're, having, you're having beef for breakfast. It makes a change from the normal sausage you've been taking in all day and every day. <laughs> anyway, uh, Adam Lee, LFC. Uh, make a Liverpool 11 from the Premier League here uh, using each letter, which is fine, by the way. Um, only once for example oh, no yes. Suarez if you have Salah so make a Liverpool 11 from the Premier League area using each letter only once should we do the whole teams and then come back to it or do you want to go position by position I want to do the whole team Tom and I want to do, I want to, I want to almost f- hear you working out as okay. you go Alisson yeah because look the best goalkeeper 
for ages and I can kind of get away with not putting Alexander-Arnold or Alonso in there Okay. for me. Then I went first one, Virgil van Dijk. Yeah. Because fantastic. No I did a spine to start with. So I did Alisson and Virgil. Then I did Gerard. Okay. Because obviously. Then I did Mascherano because I want him in there. Then I did Firmino. And then I did Suarez. So that's my spine done. And then I obviously went left back is Robbo because you've got to. And then I looked at it and I went, right. The C's a tough one. Do I want Carragher or do I want Coutinho? Uh, I put Coutinho in there, so he's on my left-hand side. And in The that player instance, who you, you're now putting into your Premier League all-time 11. Who I didn't want back. But you didn't want back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then because of that, I then put Hippier as my other centre-back. Then I was like, huh, who do I put on the right-hand side? And then I just remember Torres. Torres doesn't play on the right, but he's going on the right for me. And then I struggled with uh, right-backs because then I can't have Klein. I can't have um, Finnan. So I went with uh, Babel. Okay. So in, in order, what's your team? Alisson, Babel, Hippia, Van Dijk, Robbo, Gerard, Mascherano, Firmino, Torres, Suarez, Coutinho. Nice. I, I, that's a that, that's a great side, and it, I think I had that side at one point, give or take. I think the hardest place for me is I started with Allison and yeah. I put him down first, and then I went Steve Finnan, um, but and then I went Van Dyke, Carragher, Robertson, and then I came to my team further down, and I wanted Firmino, so I had to take Finnan out and put Rob Jones in. Yeah. So Rob Jones or Barbel, take your pick. Barbel had the one season, Jones had a couple. Yeah. And I, I loved Rob Jones. So I've gone Jones, Van Dyke, Carragher, Robbo, because I've got another H. Okay. So I've got Gerard and Haman. Ooh. Right? Okay. Because I wanted Mascherano, but I also wanted Steve McManaman in the side. Okay. Okay. And so, it, and I've already used my A for Allison because I wanted an R for Robertson, <laughs> for Reina. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So this is, do you, are, are you anybody following this? So I've got Gerard and Haman, and I'm playing 4 2 3 1. Listen to this for a front four. Salah, Firmino, McManaman behind Fernando Torres. That's very, very good. I really, uh, no Suarez though. No Suarez because he didn't fit the system. Yeah, no, I'm, he was down there about three times, but in the end, because I I had McManaman on the right and Barnes on the left and Suarez up top. Yeah, and then I was like, actually, if I play Salah where he gets forty goals last season from the left from the right hand side, yeah. I can move McManaman over to the left as the inverted winger. Yeah, play Firmino behind Fernando Torres, and then I thought about putting Gerrard in the ten to get that link up with Torres. But I was like, you know what, Bobby Firmino's a clever player, and I've got Gerrard in the middle of the park, so I'm sound. So in all, Allison. Jones, Van Dyke, Carragher, Robertson, Gerard, Haman, Saleh, Firmino, McManaman, and Torres. That's not a bad side, is it's it? Fantastic We've had some team. good players in the past, Chris. We, had, we just don't have them all playing in the same fucking era. Yeah. That's been our problem. Yeah. Uh, great, great for picking 11 from the Premier League area. Era. Shit for when you want to win the league, apparently. Let us know who wins that, because I think I win that. I mean, you don't. But If them teams playing. come up against each other, I win. Tell, just let Chris know in the comments I win, yeah. Or leave yours in the comments if you think you can come up with something better, which you can't. <laughs> oh, challenge accepted. And everyone's just going to say that I won now because I think you can do better than Tom. Oh, no, you definitely, in life, in general. Trust us. <laughs> uh, so, I think that's the end of the show. I, I seem to be very confused for only having two pieces of paper in my hands. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for subscribing. Leave us all your thoughts in the comments section. Uh, don't forget to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Uh, we'll be back over on the website for the Q&A, where we will discuss... It.
the burning questions of the day. Like, if you could swap a player with City, who would it be and why? Uh, who would be the Liverpool player you want as your vicar at your wedding? If you could erase a movie t- TV show from your memory completely and watch it all over again without knowing what's going to happen, what would it be? Funniest, stupidest, self-inflicted injury. Uh, what's your favourite Disney film, of course, uh, and that be that. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. Ta-ra.